Hello, welcome to Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove. And this is kind of a new thing in the Lekka camp. So, as well as continuing to release a monthly main episode, which will still be recorded mostly in kitchens, I wanted to start a new thing that's celebrating people's enterprises, projects, events connected to food separately from that. So every month, I'm also going to be putting out a shorter episode where there's probably no cooking, but maybe some eating. And there's definitely a guest who's doing amazing things that somehow connected to food. I'm calling it Toast. So this is the first Toast. And this is Riaz Phillips. Hello. Riaz put out a book last year called Bellyful. It's a book charting the journey of and celebrating Caribbean culture and heritage in the UK through food. It features over 60 locations, so takeaways, restaurants, shops, factories. Riaz travelled all over the country to photograph and interview people for it. And it's a really amazing, informative, entertaining, illuminating book. Luckily for me, some of the places in it are pretty close to home. Uh, One of the places, in fact, in the book is Smoky Jerky, which is a Caribbean takeaway on New Cross Road, which is two minutes from my flat. And I met Riaz there in December to grab some lunch. Hi, boys. All the food here is prepared fresh to order, and this is the boss Louis hacking through some lamb bones for our order. Okay, here we go, Thank you. What's it? The book now. It was nice to see Riaz getting some local recognition for the book while we were in Smoky Jerky too. He's actually been round to all the places featured in the book that he can get to in London and put a poster up. Louis greeted him like an old friend and rightly so. What are we doing for Christmas, boss? Yeah? What are we doing for Christmas? What are we doing for Christmas? Yeah. I don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, yeah? Oh, man. Celebrate Christmas. I feel that festival, man. I don't <laughs> celebrate it. And that's not the Are you closing? Yeah. You yeah. We're definitely closed. Yeah, Stay in my yard and relax. You can eat in at Smoky Jerky. There's a couple of small tables, but Nikos Road is quite noisy. And so for the sake of recording, we took our meals back to my flat around the corner. And once we were in my living room, I asked Riaz how the book came about. On Facebook and things like that, when I was taking pictures of like my food, it was like... <laughs> A christening or a funeral or a birthday party or something mm. or when I was like out on the road people would always like comment on it and be like oh what's that and could always see that there was like levels of interest there and so I kind of piqued my interest I was like oh, I should do something a bit more with this and then I remember Instagram was becoming mm, a thing that more yeah, people were on at it so I checked it out and I was like oh that's cool because like a lot of my friends are on it mm. and then um, that was kind of just in the background for a while. Like, I wasn't taking it that seriously at all. Just posting pictures of like food and some like pictures I'd taken every once in a while. Yeah, a lot of things coincided at one point where I thought I should take it 
a bit more serious. Mm. My grandma, who I grew up with, um, she lived in Hackney. She passed away. And yeah, when she passed away, I realized I never really like, talked to her that much about like where she was from and why she always made the food that she made, why she kept up all, after all those years when, you know, in Hackney, you can, there was like a huge Tesco around the corner and you had to go really out of your way to, well, not too, but we got really Road Market, mm. which is nearby. But yeah, that's like a bit of a walk from where we lived. And so it was like always an effort to actually make Caribbean food. Oh, so it was quite important to her to always make like certain food like yam and green banana. Yeah, what sort of stuff did she would she make? She made like a, a lot of boiled boiled stews and soups. A lot of hard food, what we call it. Mm. Yes, yam, green banana, boiled dumplings. So she made a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah, so after that I kind of had an interest in learning a bit more about that kind of generation. Why they were kind of so invested in doing the food. Uh, why they wanted to keep it alive, what was important to them. So that's when I started talking to them a lot more. These are people who own like restaurants and people I just ended up chatting to when I'd be going in to get my food. I'd always have like little small chat with them. And then I was just in bookshops because I'm always popping into bookshops. I always spend a lot of time in them. And I was looking through like a lot of London guides and a lot of England guides. And I just noticed they never had any Caribbean food in them mm. like ever. Like the books wouldn't even have like a single place in them. Like a lot of them I looked at. A lot of the guides online that I were looking at as well, they always focused on the same like kind of popular places all the time. Mm. Like a lot of fancy rum restaurants and stuff like that that aren't actually owned by Caribbean people. You know, they're not owned by people who like dedicated their lives to yeah, sure. the culture and doing it over a lot of years. I wanted to do something to celebrate the people that have been behind these kind of places and been doing this food for so long and kind of been pillars of their communities like a lot of these people do so much work they do like charity work and they do catering and they're just people in the community that like everyone knows yeah i wanted to do something to recognize and celebrate like these people and the food in like one project so that's when i started going from just having like small chats to asking people if i could like have proper interviews with them if i could actually just talk to them for like half an hour how did people react? Were they into the idea? Pretty much most of them didn't understand what I was on about <laughs> at all. Sure. But um, I guess that's it, isn't it? If it hasn't been celebrated so yeah, far, then it's strange. A lot just, of people yeah. like that, they're not used to like these types of publications and like media and things like that because mm. they've never seen anyone like themselves in them before. But I think they were just happy to see someone from a different generation like take an interest. Do you think there's a particular reason why it's not celebrated in the same way that other sort of cultures and other food, foods from different backgrounds are. Like there's like a thousand different reasons why people think that. It's hard to say. I'd never worked in it, so I couldn't say myself. Sure. And a lot of people think it's to do with the fact that the food kind of stayed true to what it actually is, like where it's from, in comparison to like Chinese food. Mm, that's a really good point. So I lived in China for like a year. And like the first day we went looking for like Chinese food and they were just like, what? Just like, what? <laughs> Sweet and sour chicken. Yeah, they were just like, like you know, like Singapore, but they knew that like, Singapore's not even in China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. You know, I mean, chicken tikka masala is the really good example as well, mm. as well as Chinese food. Like it's just been completely watered down for a white palate, essentially. Yeah. Like it's a new dish that's been created. But you're right. I guess that doesn't really exist for Caribbean food. Yeah. Everyone I spoke to had their own theory and idea mm. 
on why. But you know, at the end of the day, I didn't really want to dwell on that past, like why it hasn't yeah, sure. been on the level, but rather I wanted to do something that tried to push it to that level. Yeah, so after a while I'd been posting a lot of these pictures I'd been taking, like a lot of portrait photos on Instagram. And then it got to a point where I thought I should try and do something with it. A few months before my friends had done a film on Kickstarter, I'd never heard of it before then. I guess some time went past, it was like October of 2016, which is Black History Month. So this is, yeah, this was like September of that, that year. I was like, oh, it's Black History Month, I should probably do it then because that's like a good time. Like, you know, unfortunately, it's like when interest in yeah. conversation around those topics are the highest. So I thought I'd kind of capitalise on that. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> yeah, which gave me about 10 days to, f- <laughs> to figure out how to do a Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> and like figure out what it was that you were going to do. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, by that point, I'd, I had an idea of that I wanted to do a book. I'm not entirely sure why now, looking back. You know, you know some people idealise and like dream about being a writer and having a book and something. And that was for you. No, it was just happened that I'd been doing photography. I'd been interviewing people and had words. And so that was like mm. logical format was to put in a book. Mm, that's an interesting one. Because it would definitely work as a documentary, but there's something nice about it being a book. Like it mm. feels more like to have that kind of fixed object yeah. is quite nice. It's an unusual book in the sense that a book like that, you'd look at it and you'd think, oh, it's a recipe book. Mm. But then it's actually like, it actually feels quite, in a really like nice, accessible way, it feels quite academic. The way you've kind of referenced it and it's really like methodically researched and like the way it's laid out and stuff. So was that kind of, did the format kind of come out as you were going along? Yeah, in ways. I mean, I'd never written a book before and <laughs> sure. so I didn't know how to approach it. And the only thing I knew how to approach a big topic was that was my dissertation okay. from uni. <laughs> so I just, I finished um, master's, mm. did my master's at Oxford a few years before. Mm. It's such a massive thing. It must have been quite overwhelming. Because you were like, where do you even start with that? Well, I guess you start close to home and then you move out. Yeah, so that's what happened is I, originally it was going to be only London, apart from like small little pockets. I wasn't really aware of like the Caribbean communities in other cities. So as you said, yeah, I started doing like a, a lot of reading. So a lot of the research I was doing wasn't anything to do with food, but it was just like social issues and history of um, black culture in the UK, mm. which kind of led me to understand where like different cities had communities and where people had settled over the years. So the places I went to in the book mirror, it actually like perfectly mirrors this map of like a heat map of Caribbean settle- settlement. Oh, that's cool. In the kind of yeah mid, like last century. That was intentional? Um, it wasn't at- too intentional, but it kind of came about <laughs> like subliminally as a result of that research I'd been doing. Mm. Yeah, a lot of the areas are kind of really important to um, like black history in the UK. Mm. They're all places that there's been like riots and so that's how I ended up kind of choosing where I was going to go. So what other cities did you go to? Brighton, Birmingham, Bristol, Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, Sheffield, Huddersfield, probably a few more that I forgot. Yeah, I literally just got like coaches and Megabus ticket, like five pound return, turn journeys, like the cheapest ones I could find. I take my bike apart, stuff it in a bag and then... Oh my God, no way. Yeah, yeah. And then That's just amazing. put in the, and then get my bike out of the other side, put it back together. And yeah, a lot of times I just went there. I just went to the places and asked around on the street. Like, you know, the best like Caribbean places. As I said, it's not hugely popular in the national scale of things. But for the people who are fans, they got their own favourites and they're just like religious about them. And 
I just argue with you online about it all the time about like their favorite ones and how you know ones that you mentioned in your guide were rubbish and I can't believe you forgot the one that I like the best and blah 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 you're always going to get that on you because yeah, exactly. you, can't, you can't have everything yeah exactly I like in the intro you say like this is a handful of places yeah. it's like you can't even get near to covering even like half of them yeah so that was it then I kind of traveled around kind of collected all these stories and pictures then I had to edit all of them I edit some photos takes forever um, and it was really interesting to see sometimes how like some of the stories that people had kind of tied into what I'd been reading winding together all those kind of narratives was really interesting so sort of like historical and social and cultural narratives in with personal stories yeah this how like things there's a place in the book called Russell's which is in Birmingham I had like a really famous riot in the 80s I can't remember what it was over but it led to one of these big buildings being burnt down it was a shoe factory I think and so the owner wanted to kind of sell it on and so it ended up this guy called Russell and some of his friends kind of got the lease on the place and that's what the place is now which is in the book right is Russell's and so yeah it was really interesting to hear there's like kind of like a personal aftermath of like quite a famous event so it was interesting to see, like see like a mini example of how like the result of how that right manifested itself I, th- I feel like the sort of national like awareness of black history is pretty minimal at best mm. but you know even then it's just like theoretical it's not really we don't know any personal stories at all it's just not something that's so that is really powerful to hear that yeah i think that's a nature of i guess the media and publishing industry at a certain point for the like most part of the century i'd pay attention to what's commercially viable you know yeah it was before a time when website hits was a commercial metric yeah you're only as good as what you could sell so you know a lot of times a wider audience isn't engaging in that type of content so they had no reason or interest in publishing it which is kind of one of the good things about like all the internet shaking up Mm. yeah it feels like it hasn't leveled the playing field but it's changed it Mm -hmm. so which i think can be a good thing yeah so you said that um you mentioned that you spoke to quite a lot of people who had that they were very adamant about having their favorite places Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite place and is it in the book no i don't have a favorite place you couldn't say that yeah of course yeah yeah no (laughs) Definitely. There's no one best place. I just think certain places do certain things really good. Whenever people ask, I always tell them to just... I always ask them like what they like, and then I just tell them to go to the nearest place to them that, that does, that does well. the best thing really well, yeah. So yeah, for people who live around southeast London, I always tell them to go to Smokey Jokey. Which is where we've just been. Yeah. He only does really like a few meals. So he does like jerk chicken, jerk pork, jerk lamb... Every city I went to, every kind of corner of London's got its own place. And yeah, to me, they're so special because of what they represent, which isn't just about the food, but kind of what goes on in the places. Like the chatter that goes on and people just hanging around and people congregating because a lot of these people don't have that many public spaces to go to anymore. Yeah. A lot of the pubs they used to go to shut down and a lot of the social centres and radio stations and record shops and all the places that they used to go to that have been so important to the communities like they've all gone out of business and closed down or people have retired back to the Caribbean so it's like food is really one of the last like strongholds of like that community space so that's why I have a tendency to show preference to some that people think the food isn't good 
but in my head when someone asks me like what the best place is like the food's not the thing that's always coming to my mind at first it's about like the place and what it represents and what it means to the people in the area yeah as i said you gotta get the book because <laughs> i don't i don't know like i can't remember off the top of my head like all the different places are there any like young food writers and entrepreneurs that you write everyone has like a different path and for me it's all about like humanizing the process mm-hmm. that's the only way i can like if i've actually seen it myself so yeah, there's loads of tons of great people on the internet who are really great like sudanese kitchen original flavors yeah there's loads of people who've like done really good things but for me personally it was the ground up guys mm, yeah because i used to live with them oh no way yeah so that was the first time i'd seen like this is how like the process actually works mm. and like seeing someone you've known for years like do a book yeah, sometimes they're like these kind of magical things that other people have that you never yeah they just could comprehend yeah totally but seeing them like going through drafts and sorting through pictures and stuff like that seeing them like up late nights and stuff like that it's kind of yeah inspired me in some ways to kind of get cracking where do you love eating in london um it's in terms of like variety and actual places i wish i lived a bit closer to Kingsland Road because there's so many good places around there. Mm. Kingsland Road mainly because of the variety on just like one stretch of road. Yeah. There was like this old vegan place that's in the book called Iton of Vital mm. and they shut down now but for a while. Oh. So there's like the very top of the road you start from like Edmonton, Angel Edmonton um, and you go a bit down and you've got Bruce Grove which is like Tottenham basically and there you've got like Horizon Foods Roti. They do the best roti. They're like the biggest roti manufacturer in the, com- in the country and they have like their factory and because they're wholesale you can visit their factory on the weekends and they serve like their extras that they have left over oh nice and it's like super cheap because they're the guys who make it yeah so they're not reselling it and then you've got a peppers and spice around the corner from there and as i said when you go a bit more down you hit seven sisters you've got like tottenham town bakery it's like an incredible incredible bakery and a bit more south south tottenham then that's where you used to have like item and vital and you go a bit more down over stamford hill towards uh stoke newington and you got roti stop, which is like mm. Trinidad roti. So it's kind of the same as Horizon, but because it's a takeaway, they've got a bit more variety. You keep going a bit more down, then you've got like Rudy's, which is like amazing, like eating, dining, Caribbean restaurant. And a bit more, you've got like Ridley Road Market. Mm. And then a bit more down, you've got another Peppers and Spice. And so yeah, that whole stretch of road. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So I live like close to there, but not close enough that I could just like just pop down. go in my pajamas. <laughs> That's the dream. Which is, um, yeah, it's kind of the dream, but I like not being bankrupt, so it's probably good. That's true, yeah. yeah. One thing that you talk about in the beginning of the book that I found really interesting was kind of this, this idea of the, I can never say the word, homogenization of um, Caribbean food and how what we consider Caribbean food is mostly basically Jamaican food, right? Mm, yeah. Um, is there anything that, you've come across that we're really missing out on that you just don't really see here from i don't know like um antigua or barbados or somewhere else that we that doesn't really get covered yeah i still think it's Trinid- trinidadian food as i said there's a few places that i just mentioned off the top of my head but those are like the only places so you got them and then you've got like one in halsden one in deptford Taconia. got like roti jupa which is like a really popular one in south in west london mm. And then Hilltop 
in West London. And that's like it. And I think there's like a few more maybe. And then that's just London. Yeah. As I said. Once you leave London, like that just goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. And then all you find is kind of like the similar, like Jamaican style Caribbean. Yeah. And even if the people aren't from Jamaica, they're always kind of dress up in that Jamaican way. Really? Yeah. So a lot of times. That's what people are familiar with. Yeah. So a lot of times you meet them and people are from like Barbados or Antigua or wherever. But yeah, they're doing like Jamaican patties and curry (laughs) goat and stuff that people eat in the other islands anyway. Sure, yeah. Because obviously it's not like they don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. but it's, yeah, still usually dressed up in that way. Mm, that's interesting. Even if the food's like really nice and they've got their own take to it, they're not going out of their way to call themselves like a Bayesian restaurant sure. doing flying fish or something like that. Um, do you think that'll change, or do you think? Do you think it's hard because a lot of those things, the impetus of them is the actual community itself. Sure. Yeah. So it's like there's enough of that community to, to sustain it. Through sustaining, people in the area take notice of it, and then they kind of gravitate towards it. Whereas if there's not that base, because um, yeah, another one is like Guyanese food as well, which is like similar, mm, yeah, similar roots to um, Trinidad. It's like a lot of Amerindian influence. It's like a lot of roti. As I said, in the Guyanese community in England isn't huge unless they kind of take a different route, like a street food type route to that kind of thing, that end goal. And then, yeah, as I said, this is just London. Once you leave London, it's kind of it's so rare to see like other like non like Caribbean restaurants. Mm. But it would be great if there were like high street Trinidadian chains across the country. You too can eat at Smoky Jerky. It's at one five eight New Cross Road. Get the jerk lamb or the pork. Just watch out for the pepper sauce. In fact, I highly recommend if you've enjoyed this episode, go and support your local Caribbean place. I've put the list of places that Riaz recommends in this episode in the show notes, but there are many, many more in the book, so go and buy it. Now, more than ever, it's vital to support businesses owned and run by people of colour, and so if you like it, then put your money where your mouth is. You can buy Bellyful from lots of places, online and IRL. It's a limited run, so don't delay. Head to Riaz's website, tozettapress.com, for a full list of stockists. Tazetta Press is the independent publishing imprint he set up to publish Bellyful, and you spell it T-E-Z-E-T-A. You can find Riaz on Twitter and Instagram, at Riaz Phillips. And I'll be sharing a couple of the beautiful photos he took for the book on the podcast Twitter and Instagram, at Lekka Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this first toast. Thank you to Riaz for speaking to me. Music comes from, who else? Blue Dot Sessions. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you do enjoy it. I've got some great people lined up to speak to for this kind of second strand to the pod. And if you or anyone else you know has got any sort of food-related project coming up, then please do let me know because I'd love to speak to you or them. And there'll be a classic Lekker episode coming up as usual in a couple of weeks. So see you then. (laughs) 